here tonight, uh, midweek, whereas we're doing our Bible study, going through the book of Galatians. And, you know, we've been having such a great time with the book of Galatians. And I'm looking forward to getting into it more, more with you as well, because we already did one together. Now we get to do this other one. But before we move on, I do want to do this because I love this time of year. My wife says she loves this time of year. So I want to make sure I say Merry Christmas to you. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Make sure you turn to your neighbor and tell them Merry Christmas. Type in the, in the comments, Merry Christmas. Put a uh, Christmas tree emoji, what have you. Come on, it's Christmas time. We get to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. This is the month that we get to do that. Uh, you know, so we're excited because Christmas is definitely, it's all about Jesus. And we always want to make sure that we let people know it is about Jesus. So Merry Christmas. Welcome to our midweek. We're so glad that you're here with us. And uh, we're so honored to be here with you guys. Uh, it's our honor just to do this Bible study with you. And we just want to honor our lead pastors as well, you know, for entrusting us to be able to uh, deliver this Bible study with you guys on Galatians. Honey, you have anything to say? Oh, yes. I'm so excited, like you said. Merry Christmas, but I'm going to say it like this. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I would say, ha, it, uh, I forget the, what's the Hawaiian, Halikamaka, or I don't uh, even know. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> but I knows. Love that you put in the one. comments. That was awesome. But yes, Merry Christmas. We are so excited to be with you tonight to go through the Galatians Bible study. So good. So good right now. Also want to, you know, bring this up too. We saw the video about our Adopt a Home initiative and how we're doing the, or our, our Christmas offering and how we're doing the Adopt a Home initiative, a part of that. So if you want to be a part of that, you can go ahead this Sunday, December 13th, we're actually giving our Christmas offering. This is something that we do once a year where we give a, an, an offering to God prayerfully. We don't do it out of pressure, so we're not trying to pressure anybody, but we will ask you to pray about God, what would you have me give? And then when you give towards this Christ, Christmas offering, as you saw in the video, some of the things that goes towards but one of the things that we're working towards right now as a as a as a as a church is this saturday we're doing our adopt a home project where we're setting up our auditorium where we're at right here where it's going to be filled with hundreds of families uh i believe we have 550 families signed up um representing about 2,000 children and we have a bunch of toys right here christmas trees we're gonna give them groceries we're gonna do a whole bunch of things for them we're gonna pray for them we're gonna lead people to jesus it's gonna be an awesome time but all that's done through the generosity of the church so if you want to be a part of this you want to be a part of the adopt a home all you got to do is be a part of the christmas offering this sunday prayerfully consider what you would you and your family would give in this time to help these families in need and if you want to know how much it costs when, when we when we sponsor a family in this time give them the christmas tree the toys uh it's a, it's a total 125 so do 550 times 125 and and i'll let you do the math and you can figure out we're believing god big this year and uh, we're looking to help families in need especially in this season so we ask that you uh, uh prayerfully consider to be a part of that we are going to be a part of it. And also, when you do your part of that, you get a Freedom House ornament that you can put on your Christmas tree. We've been gathering Freedom House ornaments every year since we've been doing the Christmas offering. So we're looking forward to this next one. It's a really cool ornament to, to put up on our tree. So anyways, don't do it for the ornament. Just do it. Do it because God is leading you in that direction. That, that's our desire. So anyways, let's get into the Bible study. So we're going to jump behind the table. So let's go ahead and do that. Go ahead and open up your books. Get your notes out. Get your notes out. Note takers are world shakers. And allow us to pray for the tonight's midweek, okay? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for our midweek tonight. We thank you for what you're about to do and what you're already doing. You've already stirred the hearts of your people. You've caused people to come in and, and log on, people to send out a, a link to, to, to 
click on to, to see this on Facebook or on YouTube, Lord. You, you've prepared the heart, Lord. So may the heart receive everything that you have for them. May you speak through myself and my wife, Father, not our our will, but your will, not our tongue, but your tongue, Father God, not our, our words, but your words, Lord. May it go out. And we thank you that your word does not return voice. So when it does go out, Father God, it, it, it's going to affect people. It's going to change people. It's going to stir people into action and bring people into salvation, Father. We thank you, Lord. We lift up this night to you. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen, amen. and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Had to throw that in there one more time. But uh, we're in the book of Galatians. Let me just help us out and just bring some context back to where we're at. I never like to uh, assume that everybody knows where we're at in the beginning because you never know. We have, might have some new people that are here. So in the book of, the Galatia, of Galatians, Paul's writing to, to the churches of Galatia. There's a group of churches that Paul started. Um, you know, geographically, this is, if you look on the map, this is where Turkey, central Turkey is at. Um, and that's where Galatia, Galatia was a region it wasn't a city, it was a region. So it was a group of churches in a region called Galatia, which if you look on a map now, it's called Turkey. Now, in this time, Paul, he, he started these churches and he was preaching the, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was letting them know that uh, salvation comes through Jesus by faith. Uh, and, and, and teaching them that and, and, and sharing that. And as he's starting these different churches, you know, obviously he can't be in more than one place at one time, unlike in this day and age we got online. <laughs> we can be in many houses right now. So shout out to all the houses that we're in, offices that we're in. Come on, all the connect groups that are going on, the midweek connect groups that are going on right now. I believe there's one at the, the Rodriguez home. Come on, what's up, Rodriguez family? Uh, Flores family, there's a lot of them out there. But, but um he wasn't able to do that, so he'd go from church to church, and he'd start them up, and, and uh, he'd leave leadership, and, um, and then others were there, uh, you know, in leadership. And, you know, when you teach something new, sometimes when you don't have a firm foundation of what that new thing is, sometimes you attach things that should have never been a part of it. So that's what happened in this time. Uh, Paul wasn't there at every single church for the duration of the whole thing because he was starting churches. Come on, he was an apostle. He was, he was, uh, he was reaching people for Jesus, so... Some of the teaching that he was given, giving was uh, being uh, intermingled with the old teaching, the, the law and the traditions of, of the Jewish culture back then on how they measured their relationship with God. So that was being intertwined with the salvation that we get through Jesus, um, you know, and, and through faith, uh, the freedom that we found in, in, in finding Jesus it was being intertwined, so it was coming up with this new thing that was never meant to be. So in this time, uh, there was some false teachers that rose up teaching this new faith uh, intertwined with the traditions of the old, therefore making them false teachers because they were teaching something that was false, false that was not true. So that's what's going on. So for us as believers, it's super important that we guard our ears from the opinions of, of man and open our hearts to the truth of God's word. Because if we don't know that, the truth of God's word, then we can be swayed by the teachings that are out there. And we don't want to be swayed by the teachings that are out there. We as believers have to be biblically sound. And I heard Pastor Tommy say that last week. Pastor Tommy and Pastor Jessica, they did such an amazing job, uh, job last week. And uh, he said that being biblically sound as believers, and uh, I truly believe that to be so. 
So at this time, these false teachers were teaching all these things, and they were trying to bring the people of God into bondage when God, uh, God sent his son Jesus, as my wife said in the tithe and offering, son Jesus, uh, to set us free. So the theme of Galatians is about Paul making sure that the freedom in Christ that we have is, is, uh, is taught correctly and that people know this is where you find your freedom. So you may have heard the scripture, but this is the theme of all of Galatians, and it comes out of Galatians 5.1. Is It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, so stand firm and then do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. So don't allow the old things, the old traditions uh, the, of the Jewish culture back then you know, to, to bring you down and be enslaved to that because no, that's not how your relationship with God is now. It comes through Jesus Christ. It's not through the traditions and the things that you did back then. So that's where we're at. And, and, um, and, and I love it. I love it. I love that chapter one, we finished it. We're going to get in chapter two. But I wanted to read these, pa- these next couple scriptures, the last scriptures of chapter one, which is 21 through 24. And I want to read this because this is powerful. And, and, and uh, I was just going to start at chapter two. But man, I wanted to just to download this to you because I believe this is going to help some of you. And I know my wife has some thoughts on this too. So Galatians 1, 21 through 24, the Bible says, then I went to Syria and Cilicia. Cilicia, this is Paul, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. So Paul here is writing, no one knew who he was, which I thought was so cool because no one knew who Paul was, but they heard the report. They heard the story about what happened to Paul. They heard the, 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 the change that took place. They heard, in a church term for you, the testimony, come on somebody, the testimony of what took place in Paul's life. They didn't know Paul personally. They, they didn't even see him, but they heard the testimony of Paul, which led them to who Jesus was. And I love this. Watch here. Watch. Revelations 12, 10 through 11, it says this. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses us, accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. That's the enemy. That's Satan. Verse 11. This is awesome right here. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. So I wanted to go over these last two scriptures because I wanted you to understand the importance of your testimony. Because if you're like me, when I first came to Jesus, I thought like, man, what's my story going to do? My story, how's it going to change someone? How can it help to share that story? But the Bible tells me that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Your testimony is powerful. I'm telling you. Honey, I know you have some thoughts on this, so go ahead and jump on in. Yeah, our testimony is is so important, especially because... Um, who we're attached to is I'm, my sphere is not your sphere, right? So who is around my sphere of influence? I'm not in their sphere of influence. And so my testimony is very different than your testimony. And then also my life isn't your life. It's so important that we share what God has done within us because of the very things that you don't even understand. I have a connect group actually. And so, and through my connect groups, it is through women. It's a woman's connect group and it's through women sharing their testimony. This, this past Saturday, one of the girls just shared how she had experienced, you know, um, all this trauma growing up, but that she had been healed. 
And there was another girl that was like, wow, if God can do it for you, he can do it for me. She, she was restored in, her, in a relationship, a mother-daughter relationship. And there was a mother and daughter. And they believe like, wow, God healed you. He can heal me. And it was through the power of her testimony. Has she been quiet? Has she not shared anything? Had that, she, she not done any or, or said anything? Maybe that mother and daughter would have felt like, hey, there is no hope for us. But through that, they knew that there was hope, that there is healing. And healed people, we said it before, help heal people. And it's through her healing that they saw that. But it was by the power of her testimony. And that's just one of many people. You know, um, we all come through different walks of life. Um, I, I have been through um, things of just um, not having a, a father figure in my life or in and out, you know. And so I can identify women or men can identify like, hey, she didn't have a father, you know, a, a physical father. I have my heavenly father, thank God. But And um, with that, you just connect with those people. There are people out there who just want to connect with you. They want to hear from you. They don't want to see that, that you're all perfect. You don't have to put a, uh, you don't have to put a, a, a filter on on everyday life to make it seem like everything is perfect. You know, Jesus isn't, the, the Bible, Jesus and his stories isn't all about perfection. Every story that we hear about, every disciple, every um, apostle, you know, when we hear about Paul and you hear about his story, I don't know about you, but when I hear about Paul, that gives me hope, you know. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, it gives me hope into what God can do through me once a woman who felt ashamed and broken. And I honestly was like Paul and didn't think like God can't use, use me. I have a past. You know, I have shame that I could never be a woman of God because I was a woman uh, um, wearing shame. You know, but because of stories like Paul, that gave me hope. So continue to share your own testimony. Don't hang, hold back. I know we, we hear it all the time, but your mess is really your message. You know, it is really your message. Share that. You share that so people can experience that hope and just feel empowered through, through your story. That's so good, my love. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love how the Bible, going back to Galatians uh, 1, uh, 1.23, it says, they, they only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us now is preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. So there is speaking about the change, his change. So your testimony is not just about what happened to you in the moment, but also how it has changed you. Like for me, being up here as, as, as campus pastor now, married, uh, you know, our, our family's blessed and awesome. Like, you know, the, the change in my life speaks uh, volumes to the people um, who, who possibly knew me as, as, as not Pastor Louis, but Louis who used to wow out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but, but it's that change that speaks to people that when people say, like, really? That person changed? There's no way. That must have been a miracle or something. It points people to Jesus. It truly does. It truly does, uh, where people can't even explain. Maybe some, some people are a little bit, uh, you know, uh, harder to, to take in the, the change that you've had. But it literally points them to God, even though they don't think they, or they don't want it to point to God. But it'll point them in that direction. That's the power of the testimony, which is so awesome. You have something to say? I love how in the word testimony, there's the word test, right? Because I think I love how we can attest what uh, we can share how we have been tested, right? Because what's attached to our test 
There are trials. We're not, um, we're not exempt from testing. We're not exempt from trials. But through tests and through trials, there's triumph. You know, and so when we so share good. our testimony and the tests that we have been through, we can see the triumph from what we've been through. And I think that really helps set people free. That has helped me set me free in so many instances when I hear like, man, that person, they went through some testing, but through it, through the testing and through the trials, they are triumphant and you are triumphant. So you who have been through that testing and maybe some of you are test, are in the testing right now. Maybe you feel like you are going through trials right now and you're like, I am tired. This is a trial. I feel like it's never going to end. I feel like, you know what, it's, it, it's definitely testing me and I feel like I'm going to give up. Do not give up because there is triumph behind. Um, there is triumph behind and coming forth through your testing and through your trials. So do not, do not give up. Do not give up. Good. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Somebody type amen. Put some fire emojis. Put that's so good. That's amazing. I love God's word. Come on, just keep going with that. Um, let's go on into to Galatians chapter 2. And let's start here with verse 1. So honey, you want to read verse 1 right there? Yes. 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. Okay, so we'll stop right there. Verse 1. There's a lot to unpack here. Like, you might be thinking, like, what exactly is there to unpack? Now, Paul, he went to Jerusalem, okay? So uh, Jerusalem was a place where religion and law were at its highest. Um, the, the Jewish culture and, and the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those seas that, you were, that <laughs> we read about in the Bible that were there. And the, the, the culture of, of the time was, hey, this is how you had a relationship with God. You had to dress a certain way, act a certain way, do certain things, sacrifice certain things. And, and, and that was at the heart of Jerusalem. So that, that's where he was going. So Paul, um, having this new knowledge and new teaching of uh, new revelation of Christ and freedom in Christ through Jesus Christ and the work of the cross was going into Jerusalem. But he was going there. He was going there uh, with not by himself. He was going there with a couple people. He was going there with Barnabas. So you're like, you might be wondering, like, who's Barnabas? Okay, let me tell you who Barnabas was. Barnabas was, an, uh, was a, a, another uh, preacher, uh, another uh, leader in the church, one who knew the laws, one who knew, um, you know, the, the traditions as well. So he was going with him, the Bible says. But he was also going with Titus. So you have Barnabas. And then you have Titus. Now, he was going with them into attention. Now, before I get into to Titus, uh, who Titus was, I do want to say this, because sometimes we think like God, or we pray, and we, maybe we think God is going to remove the tension, or God's going to lead us away from the tension. But in this case, we read that Paul, because of him and how he came to Jesus, going into a culture where they knew how to a certain way of having a relationship with God, which was completely 180 from how Paul stepped into a relationship with God, which was through Jesus. He was stepping into attention because they all heard about him. They all knew about him. Remember, we're talking about his testament. They heard the report. So they all knew who Paul was, and he was coming into a tension. So I want to debunk the fact that God's trying to remove all tension from your life. For some of you, he's just trying to lead you into it for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. 
Sometimes God leads you into intention instead of removing it from you so that you can remove it yourself. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Or how about this? I just thought about this right now. At the gym, sometimes you put your own self, your own body, your physical body under tension with weights, right? Sometimes you carry the weights and you're doing so good one week and it's so hard and you're struggling. But the more and more you do it, the, 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 the weight uh, is not as hard. The tension is not as hard, the, but, but, but it's still there. It's still the same, but you're just stronger. So sometimes God sends you into attention so that he can make you stronger. Come on, let, let me encourage you in this because God has certain tensions in our life um, so that we can become stronger so that we can uh, manage ourselves through it with him by our side, of course, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But, but, but sometimes we as believers try to run away from the tension, try to sidestep it, and in and, and doing so, we stunt our growth. I always like to say that every healthy thing grows, but everything that grows has growing pains. Wow. You know, We're all going to have growing pains, growing tensions, that's, that's the signature of, of healthy growth, okay? There are bad tensions that are out there, that, that, but you have to decipher and, and we have to discern through. But there are some things that God takes us through to be healthy tensions so that we can grow as healthy believers. So he's going into this tension. You have something to say right there? I saw you yeah, lifting up her mic. She lifts up her <laughs> mic. I, I got to step back. I got to let it go right there. <laughs> well, he just made me think about, because uh, he was talking about the gym. And I've been on this uh, running journey. And so through my running journey, uh, a lot of things, though, I'm in a house of runners, FYI. My husband here, he loves to run. He ran the LA Marathon a few years ago, but he runs all the time. And then my daughter ran cross country in high school, and she also ran cross country in college. So FYI, they can run, okay? And they run fast, and I run like... um, sloth and so (laughs) if I run with my daughter it ain't fun because she literally like will run together she'll take off down the block and come back to me I'm running FYI this is me running okay I feel like that little snail what's that snail that movie and he's like trying to go he's like not going anywhere that's regardless I'm running faster than sitting on the couch right amen come on give me some praise hands all you people so anyway so I'm running and um, a lot of the things have to do with running. People have been asking me, like, you know, messaging me, like, how do you run? I have feet problem. How do you, are foot problems? How do you run? My hips hurt. How do you run? They have all these issues. And I was like, you know what? It's not just easy, like, okay, you just get on and you just go running. No, there's a lot of things I have to do to prepare for my run. I have to stretch before the run. And then after the run, because I get shin splints after my run, I have to ice my legs, okay? And then I have to do all these stretches. And one of the things I have to do, and I hate it, is I have to do use this muscle recovery thing, okay? Oh my gosh. So I was using it one day and I was like, oh my gosh, this hurts so bad. So it's like these wheels and they open back and forth and you like they they push on your legs and they hurt so bad. And he's like, you, my daughter's like, mom, you got to do so it. so good. That's what I like yeah. to say. <laughs> it's not hurt so good. So anyways, I'm using it and I'm like rolling him out, you know, because I don't want to get, I, it's injury prevention. And so I'm rolling it out and I'm like, gosh, this is so painful. And my daughter Mia goes, you know what, mom, sometimes you have to go through pain to get through pain. 
And so I was like, well, girl, that's a word right there. <laughs> I'm like, because I had to go through the pain of the muscle recovery in order for myself to keep myself from injury so that I can continue running and I can continue running longer. See, when we're taking care of ourselves, when we're recovering, when we are rehabilitating ourselves, when we are feeding the word of God over ourselves, when we are doing all the things, when we are fasting, when we are praying, when we are doing all those things, we are, are feeding our spirit and we are getting stronger and we're doing all these things and so that's reminding me of what you were just sharing right now because it's that very thing sometimes we have to go he said healthy tension you know sometimes it's healthy pain you know in order to get through that pain in order to get through that breakup you know <laughs> or to get out of that relationship you got to get out of that relationship you know maybe some of you need to let that person go like pastor says sister also let it go let it go but anyways you know you got to let it go in the yeah, <laughs> put a little oh there's not a little Elsa in the emojis hey they should make one huh <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is good. Healthy tension, healthy, healthy, um, healthy, healthy pain, because it'll help you get through that pain. So good, so good. I love it. So going back, going back to the scriptures. Okay, so Paul is, is going to Jerusalem. He's got Barnabas and he's got Titus. Okay, so Titus, he was a Greek. Okay, so we read in the scriptures that Titus was Greek, so which means that Titus was a Gentile. He wasn't a part of the Jewish culture. So Titus was a convert that Paul, he led him to Jesus through preaching the good news of Jesus. And Titus became Christian through the message of the gospel, the good news that Paul was preaching. So what can we ascertain from this? Because this is, this, is, uh, this is big for me. Like, man, I saw this. I'm like, man, this is huge. The one thing that I get right here is that Paul was doing exactly what God has called him to do and you to do. Him to do and you to do. It's like, what exactly is that? Well, let's read. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The Bible says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, as surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God has called us to reach people, but not just to reach people, but to lead people, okay? So, so it wasn't like Titus, he heard the message and was like, man, okay, this is awesome. I'm gonna go into this healthy tension with you, Paul, because you just told me I'm just new to Christ, new to the faith. That's like so overwhelming when you, when you first come to, to Jesus and like, man, everybody's asking you, you gotta serve on this team, you gotta serve on that team, you gotta do this, you gotta give that, you gotta do, you know, those type of things. Can you imagine just how overwhelming that could be? Just imagine how overwhelming stepping into church with you for the first time or giving your life to Jesus and just all these feelings that are coming your way. So we can, we can ascertain from this that Titus was converted, Titus was discipled, Titus was led, Titus was built up, Titus was encouraged, Titus was equipped, Titus was given everything necessary and even a, uh, have not only just a relationship with Jesus, but having a relationship with Paul, a leader, a mentor, his pastor, to, to be the man that God is calling to be so that he can handle the tension of what they were about to head into. We as believers... It's, it's great that we invite people, but we also are called to lead people. And for some of us, we all have different ways in how we lead people. We're not, we're not all going to be pastors. We're not all going to be directors on, on ministry teams. And, you know, but we all have influence because ultimately, as John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. 
so we all have influence, so we're called to just do more than lead people to Jesus, which is, which is awesome if you're doing that by, by inviting or leading them uh, right then and there when you talk to them. That's amazing, but also to lead them so it just doesn't stop there and you just forget about that person. No, it's about having a relationship and leading them along the way, uh, uh, attaching them to other people that they can learn from as well and grow in as well and be discipled with as well. It's about development. Titus was developed, and Paul was doing exactly that. He's starting churches, and he's developing people. He's bringing people along the way, and we as believers got to do the same thing. Man, that's what we're doing at Freedom House Church. We're building church. Come on, somebody. We got the online campus, Fullerton campus, Costa Mesa campus, and it's not going to stop there. We have a Grace for Five vision, and more campuses are yet to come, and we're going to continue to develop people, disciple people, and see life change take place because we are changing our world one life at a time. That is who we are, and this is where we get it from, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Amen. Galatians 2.2. Did you have something to say? I thought you did, so. No, if you put back up that scripture, you know, it's, it's, it's a response. I love how Pastor Marie, she always says, you know, it's not an opportunity for us to share Christ with others. It's a responsibility that God has given us. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say whom. It doesn't say one person. It doesn't say, you know, it is speaking to each and every one of us. It is all our responsibility. It's all a responsibility that God has given us. We all have well, we all have special gifts. God has given each and every one. Um, I love growth track because we go all over that. We talk about spiritual gifts. If you don't know your spiritual gift, you, get ha- you need to get to know your spiritual gift. And in growth track, you get to know your spiritual gifts because everybody is gifted. In your chat, I want to say, I have a gift. And your gift is to help build the kingdom of yes, God. It it's like it a puzzle. And every, every, there's, if you look at a puzzle, it's a, it's a, it's a huge picture, right? If you look at a, um, if you buy a puzzle, It's all one picture. But if one puzzle piece is removed, the puzzle is not complete. And see, the the kingdom of God cannot be complete if you are the missing puzzle. With that, with that, everything, with that puzzle piece, the, the kingdom of God is full. It is complete. And so you are that missing peace. If you are not serving, if you are not, if you are not connected in the house, I encourage you to attend Grow Track. If you're not comfortable, we have in person, but you know what? We have online. We have Zoom. Find out your spiritual gifts. Start using your spiritual gifts. Start tapping into that. Start. So many people are like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Start doing something with your life. God is giving you those gifts. If you got a, a gift to, to be hospitable or of hospitality, be hospitable. Open up. Maybe you're not uh, comfortable opening up your home, but open up a Zoom. Be hospitable. If you have a gift to, to build, come build God's house. If you have a gift of craftsmanship, just stop sitting on your gifts. Stop sitting on the couch because you're not going to get anywhere. Just like when I started running, either, you know, I make fun of myself that I'm slow like a snail, but hey, some people are sitting on the couch not going anywhere and I'm still going somewhere as a snail. So stop being a snail and or stop being sitting on the couch and do something with the gifts that God has given you. These are for you. He's given to each and everyone. Don't be like, oh no, not me. No for her, for him, but no, not me. No, you too. God has given them for you to use those gifts. 
because he has called all of us, all of us, not just Pastor Lou, not just me, not Pastor Josiah, not Pastor me, to make disciples. You too can make disciples. If you're at home right now and you're sitting next to a kid, that's your disciple. That's your first fruit. Those are your disciples. God showed me a long time ago when, when my kids were, were little and we were doing ministry and my husband, he was here at the church and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I want to serve. I want to be out there. We used to lead the, uh, 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 what's it called, the youth. And I'd be like, man, he's out there with the youth doing all kinds of fun things and I'm just here with the kids. I'm here with the kids, you know. And God showed me, those are your first disciples. Those are who you're discipling. Those are who you're imparting to, into. Those are your fruit. And I can say by the grace of God today that my fruit, my disciples are in the house serving this house. They are all building the house. And it's not just by me. It is they go through all this too. They went through growth track. They went to starting point. And they're doing all those things. And they are, are, are working in their gifts. But because those are my disciples. Those, that's my, those are my Titus. Those are my Barnabas. I was like, let's go, Levi and Cole. Those are my men. We're, we're going. This is where God is calling us. We're called to Galatia. Well, we're called to Fullerton. We're called here. And we're serving the house. And we're using our gifts. So God, he didn't call us. He called you too. And use those gifts. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. When you're not there, something's missing. Remember that always, okay? The house of God is meant to utilize the gift that you have. Let's read Galatians 2.2. It says, I went in response to a revelation. This is Paul saying he went in response to a revelation that he got, okay? And meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. So Paul's in Jerusalem, and he's there for a specific reason. He, he wanted to meet with the leaders and let them know, this is what I'm preaching. This is under the revelation that I got from Jesus. This is what I'm preaching. This is what I'm teaching. This is what I'm, I'm doing. Now, I love how Paul does this because Paul could have, you know, we all know Paul. We read about his story and you know, how abrupt he could have been. He could have been abrupt right here, how passionate he was. He could have been very passionate right here. But he dis, does something in a manner that... Uh, we can learn from, which is order. He, he did something in an orderly way. He presented what he was doing and preaching to the people according to the re revelation that was downloaded unto him um, so, so, so that he can be in alignment as well. So he does everything right now. He does it in an order because he wants his life to be in alignment. Come on, 2020, year of alignment. He wants his life to be in alignment. So he's coming in. He's meeting with these Jewish leaders, the leaders of the Jerusalem church at that time, and, and tell them this is, this is what he's doing. But I love how he handled it, though, because it was, it was not only orderly, but it was very strategic. So let me read you a few scriptures, and then we'll jump into it again. Psalm 37, 23, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. There's that word order. 1 Corinthians 14, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. When you bring order to your life, you bring the peace of God into your life. Yeah. Let me say that again. When you bring order into your life, you bring the peace of God into your life. Okay, especially in times like 2020. Oh, my goodness. Don't we need the, the, the order of God in our life in order to maintain the peace of God in our life? If we don't have that order, we're not going to get that peace. 
But if we're working out of order, meaning uh, the, the best thing I can say in the most simplistic way, anything that, 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 that is contrary to God's word or biblical principles, that's out of order. You can uh, attach the biblical principles of God in every area of your, of your life and you will see it blessed. But when you remove that, then you'll get into a place that is not in order and therefore you have no peace. Your peace is gone. When you bring order into your life, you bring the peace of God into your life. He also says, I want to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Paul's saying that he wanted to be in alignment and he wanted to make sure that he was living a life on purpose. He was very intentional about that. So Paul was saying that he did not run away from the established order in his life. He did not want to run away from the call of God on his life. He did not want to run away from how God has set up his life. So he comes to the Jewish leaders, the church of Jerusalem, the, the, the authorities in the church uh, at that time, the authorities in his life, because he's a part of this, this, uh, this worldwide new Christianity uh, a movement that's going on with the gospel and the good news. He wanted to be in order. He wanted accountability. Come on, there's that word. He was looking for accountability. Paul was looking for accountability. And he said, I don't want to run away from it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. He did not want to run away from it. I'm going to focus on the accountability part, run away from the accountability in his life. Because Paul knew that accountability was going to grow him. Because purpose without accountability leads to lack of self-control. We can have all the purpose in the world, but if we have no accountability for it, then we have no direction for it then we have no focus for it. We need accountability in our lives as believers, teachers of the word, preachers of the word, servants of the word, everything in between, so that, that we remain focused on what God has called us to do. We can't just be full of, of, of all these, this, this passion without no focus. Accountability focuses us. Paul submitted himself, uh, uh, submit himself to accountability. My question for you with this thought here in mind, we're going to end with this thought, is are you submitting yourself to be accountable? Are you submitting yourself with the purpose of God that's on your life to be accountable? Just like we learned here from Paul. Paul knew what they were teaching, which was contradictory, but yet he submitted himself to accountability and he followed the order of God in his life so that he can continue to have that peace of God in his life and also bring forth the, 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 the message, the true gospel message. But he did it in order and with accountability. And I think that's beautiful because in this day and age, people, people are so quick to run from accountability, so quick to run from submitting to it. And, and, and even that word submitting, people get scared of it, you know, <laughs> like submitting, what am I submitting myself to? Ooh, you know, uh, that type of thing. When submitting, it, all it is, you can replace that word with alignment. It's just alignment. Accountability. Are you allowing yourself to be uh, submitted to accountability? You have any thoughts on on that, Myrtle? Yeah, no. It's just so important that um, you know accountability isn't someone always checking up on you. You know, accountability is you also going to somebody else and saying like, "Hey, I need help in this area." You know, so so don't just expect someone to to just be like, "Oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's everything?" It's, it's two ways. Accountability is, is more about actually you being accountable to someone and saying like, hey, I need to be accountable 
for my actions. I need to be accountable right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, uh, where I need to be in, in, in uh, my relationship with God. Like who is in your life though? I have been taught that we need to have spiritual accountability. We need to have um, financial accountability. We need to have those, a fitness, healthy accountability. There are people in our lives that we need to help hold us accountable. I mean, not unless you're perfect and you don't need accountability, but I'm not. You know, there are areas that I am weak. There are areas where I need to be strengthened. And those people who um, epitomize the, those strengths in those areas, they're able to keep me accountable. Like finances, for instance. I'm terrible at, at numbers, <laughs> but my husband is great at numbers and he keeps me accountable. The other day he texted me, I just want you to see the numbers <laughs> and I want you to know you can do better. And But it did. I look back and I'm like, you're so right. I need to be better. And there's areas and I am going to be better. And he helped me um, be accountable, but also I was accountable to him and saying, okay, where are the steps that I need to get better at? So we all should have accountability, you know, um, we are accountable. I like to say, well, kind of like on when we talk about honor, EHC, and we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. We need to be accountable up. We need to be accountable down. We need to be accountable all around. Amen. So good. That's so good. Well, like I said, we're going to end with that thought. So let's stand to our feet where you're at. And, you know, we discussed quite a few things there. We talked about the power of your testimony. Come on. Some of you have been holding back on, on sharing your testimony and disqualifying yourself. The Bible also says in Romans or in Revelation 12, 10, right before 11, where they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of testimony, it calls the, the, the Satan, the enemy, the accuser of the brothers and sisters in Christ, or some, some versions of the Bible, accuser of the brethren. The, the, the reason why some of the accusations you are facing, um, because of who maybe you were in the past, it's because the enemy's trying to silence you from your testimony because that's how powerful your testimony is. Now's the time to say, devil, I do not receive your accusations. That may have been who I was back then, but the power of my testimony states that this is who I am now. And I believe that so many of you out there just need to receive that word right now that the testimony that you have, the life change that is taking place is perfect qualification for you to share what God has done in your life with people. Don't let the enemy lie to you any longer. Your testimony is powerful. We learned also about how, how discipleship and that's a key part of us as, as believers, how we're to lead people, we're to develop people, we're to encourage people. And some of you are amazing at encouraging people, are amazing at leading people. Or maybe you just have some influence, that little influence that you have, you just got to use it just to continue to, to grow people along. And, and the Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Meaning, don't feel like, man, if I pour into this person, who's going to pour into me? No, the Bible tells us you will be tells us that you will be poured into as well. So continue to, to, to share, continue to build people up and, and continue to, to encourage people and, and disciple people and lead people along the way. We also talked about accountability or order in your life and having order so that you can have the peace of God. And some of you have, have been saying like, where's my peace? My, I feel like my peace is gone. My peace is, is, I can't find it anymore. And I'm here to tell you it's because it's time to bring back the order in your life. 2020 have, have, may have, have messed things up for you or 
put things out of order, but here's the good news. God's order never changes. You come back to his principles, you come back to his word, and you will see the peace of God rain down in your life. So if that's, if that's for you, come on, receive the order of God in your life and receive the peace of God in your life. And then we had talked about accountability, the one word, submission to accountability. And, 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 and many of us have run away from it, but Paul says, no, I did not want to run away from it. I don't want to be running in vain. That's, that's what his word said. I'm quoting him now. I do not want to be running in vain, meaning I'm just running life with no purpose, with no aim, with no focus. He said, I wanted accountability. I want alignment. I want order. And for some of us out there, accountability is a thing that we have struggled with, but no longer because now is the time for you to step forward. Now is the time for you to say, you know what, I want accountability in my life. So wherever you're at, with all the things that we discussed tonight, with the scriptures that we went over, if this message has touched you, then I just want you just to close your eyes, bow your heads, and we're gonna sing a song of worship and allow the Spirit of God just to minister you where you're at and allow the Holy Spirit to move inside of you. And then we're gonna come back and pray together. And we're gonna pray for you and you're gonna be leaving, uh, logging off full of faith, full of passion, ready to take on this week. So let's lift up our voice. Let's sing this out. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.